What I believe resting is, is anything that gets you in the present moment, anything that slows your brain down and allows you to feel like a human, appreciate what's happening around you. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about, and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Today, we are talking about four easy ways to make resting easier during the holidays. Now, we've done a myriad of episodes around resting. I think if this was a podcast for perfectionists and we didn't do an episode on resting, we would not be doing a very good job. Resting is a huge Um, I don't want to say issue, but I want to more say like, it's a huge struggle for a lot of perfectionists. We view taking time off as being lazy or worthless, or we're worried about falling behind, or that will never amount to anything if we take a few hours off. And, you know, there's, there's so much of that guilt around rest and what to do to shift that around. And whenever I open up podcast topics to you, sweet, sweet listeners in my email list, one of the top episodes is always requested is always around how the hell do I rest and not feel like a guilty piece of shit about it. So we've done a lot of episodes on resting, but what I realized is we've never done a very specific episode on resting during the holiday season. And I feel like resting during the holidays is a whole different animal, really. You know, we take time off, but a lot of times it's stuffed with a bunch of things, whether that's family, friends, watching Christmas movies, or making cookies, or going shopping, or going to markets. And there's just so many quote-unquote things to do during this resting time off. And I've talked to many people over the years during the holiday season, and actually even right after. And it's like, you know, I was so looking forward to this. I thought I was going to be super rested. I was going into this saying, oh my God, this is going to cure everything around my burnout. And I feel like I need a vacation from that resting holiday vacation. And this is not something I've heard once. This is something I've heard multiple times. This is something I have said multiple times. And I actually saw a study recently in both Entrepreneur and Forbes. I don't know who the um, you know chicken or the egg was, but um, it was quoting a recent study that showed 
that America is the second worst country in the world when it comes to taking time off. Now, I know that this podcast is international. So if you're, you know, in the UK or Germany or anything like that, first of all, what's up? You're amazing. I love that you're listening to this. And secondly, you know, you guys are much higher on that list. I'll just go ahead and say, but America is the second worst when it comes to taking time off. And I, it makes a lot of sense in my opinion. I think that this is multi-reasoned because a lot of people are scared or stressed to take time off because they're worried they're going to let someone down. They're afraid they're going to fall behind, especially entrepreneurs. I see this a lot, um, especially around taking time off of social media. They're worried that um, they're going to fall behind. They're going to become mediocre. They're going to become um, uh, obsolete. And to be honest, no one, I, I just super side note tangent, no one gives a fuck. Like, we forget about things literally after we swipe to the next story or scroll to the next reel. No one is thinking about you as much as you think they are. And that's actually, I'm not saying that to be like, hmm, no one thinks about you. Man, I'm saying that to be like, let it go. Like let yourself free of that stress and depression you're putting yourself under. No one's watching. Allow yourself to do the fun stuff. That's a whole other podcast, but they're also afraid um, they're, well, first of all, they're probably doing jobs of multiple people. I don't think this is just, um, unique to the U S I think this is pretty worldwide, especially during the recession, you know, especially post COVID when a lot of companies had to let people go, you suddenly became the job of two people, four people, 10 people. If you're my fiance, you're the job of 20 people, you know, like, and if you're, you know, if you're gone, those 20 jobs aren't getting done. So there's that guilt around like, well, if I take time off, I'm letting the company down. There's also that worry of like, oh, I'll be seen as lazy or weak. I hear this a lot of people who are in that nine to five world where it's like, well, I don't want my boss to think that I'm, I'm, you know, weak or a wuss, like that I can't handle the pressure because then they'll fire me. And then it, da, 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 they just go down this huge spiral. Um, and then if you're a entrepreneur and you're taking a time amount of time off where it would require you to have people in place, there's this idea of a, like, affording it, is that really worth it? And then secondly, um, it's just not worth to train it's just not worth training someone else to do it. I can just do it myself. And then it just, again, goes down this huge spiral. So during the holidays, I feel like it's very unique because A, it's a time that pretty universally, I won't say a hundred percent of the time, but you know, a good 90% of us take a chunk of time off during this season. But what we normally do is we fill it and we stuff all this time with a bunch of productive tasks, whether that's, um, you know, holiday shopping, making cookies, going to market, so on and so forth. We just stuff it with all this stuff to do that we're like, oh, I've been waiting the whole year to do this. And But then because we're so in planning mode, because we're so in what's next, what's next, what's next, we tend to never be present, which is what actually gives us that like rest reboot. If I had to boil rest down to anything, it is what gives you permission and gives you an immediate return on being present. So I'm going to say that again, because I think that this is really important because a lot of people think resting is like, oh, well, I'll take a bubble bath with a glass of wine and, you know, I'll be rested. But you spend the entire bubble bath thinking about all the things you could be doing that are more productive or your to-do list for the next day or what needs to happen between now and the holidays for the kids, for the nieces, for the aunts, the uncles, whatever. 
And then you don't, you're not rested. You end that bath and your shoulders are like up to your ears and you're, oh my God, I'm so stressed. What I believe resting is, is anything that gets you in the present moment, anything that slows your brain down and allows you to feel like a human, appreciate what's happening around you. I have felt present and rested after going to a Christmas market. Um, I celebrate Christmas. That's me, but it can be any kind of market. It can be a farmer's market during the summer. I've done that before. Um, you know, I can feel really rested and, and appreciative and grateful for my whole life. If I'm, you know, making cookies with my, um, fiance this year, I'm making cookies with my niece and nephew. And I cannot freaking tell you how excited I am. They're, you know, three months and one and a half. So it'll be an interesting experience, but (laughs) one of them can't even eat anything and let alone use our hands. But, um, anyway, but like those experiences can be restful, but if I spent that whole time, um, you know, making cookies with them, but I'm thinking about, okay, well, you know, later I need to make this and I need to clean that and I need to do this, this is this and that I'm not going to be rested. I'm not going to even feel good. I'm going to feel stressed because I'm living in the future, not in the present. And this is a thing a lot of perfectionists do. They're very future focused. They're very what's next, what's next, especially high achieving perfectionists, which I know is basically this whole audience. So this is a very unique time of year. And so I want to do this episode mainly so that we can talk specifically about like the holidays time of year, because I think that some things are going to be very similar, but some things are going to be a little bit different. And also, you know, it, it does take a little bit of pre-planning some of this stuff. And that's the reason we're doing this in the middle of December and not towards the end. Um, But I want the kind of the blanket statement of this podcast episode to be just, I don't want to say stop putting pressure on yourself because perfection is that's, I I get annoyed when people tell me that because I'm like, oh, really? (laughs) Like, how do you that sometimes. Obviously, I've done a lot of research, so I do know how to do that. But I know universally, that's not something that people can just like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll stop putting pressure on myself. But I do want to note that when we put our pressure, when we put pressure on ourselves around the holiday season, it can be so exhausting and just not at all restful. So we are going to be doing this episode around how to release that pressure, how to drop the rest guilt, um, and what to do to pre-plan so that you don't have this like, oh my God, I need a vacation for my vacation feeling. Because in my opinion, there is nothing worse than that. Coming back to work and feeling more exhausted than you left. No, 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 no. And also I, I'm really, I'm doing a lot more research lately on um, the, I'll say European way of, way of thinking. I know this is not just European, but I think it's really glorified in Europe. So I'm going to just highlight that, um, of this, like, like work to live and not this kind of Americanized live to work. And to be honest, this is something I'm still figuring out how to balance, especially in the winter. I feel like in the summer, it's a lot easier, especially I'm in Colorado. I'm very fortunate to be able to like you know, drop, drop my stuff and go put on some hiking boots and go be in nature. Like I'm very fortunate in, in winter, it's a little bit different. Like it's, you know, 20 degrees outside and very cold. So, um, I just, yeah, I just, I, I want you all to keep that in mind that like, this is a weird time of year, but these next four things are going to help you set yourself up 
So you're actually ending this time feeling like, wow, I feel really good. I feel refreshed. I feel ready to kick off 2023. So number one, plan your days ahead of time. I hesitated to put this as number one because I know some people here are like, they hear the word plan and they're like, oh God, like why, why? But let me tell you why and why I think that this is very important. Um, Back when Brett and I, my fiance and I were uh, living in Chicago, both of our families were very fortunate to have two, two sets of parents who are both still together, who live less than an hour away from each other. We're very fortunate and we do not take that for granted, let me tell you. But when we lived in Chicago and we were down here for, um, you know, a week, we would have to plan out every single day to the second because A, we needed to make sure time was evenly split between the two families because we didn't want one to feel more special than the other, yada, yada, yada. But we also wanted to make sure like, okay, we know that time can get away from us. And one of the things that was so important to us anytime we came down to Colorado, but especially during the holidays, is we had minimum one day that was just for the two of us to be, just to be together, to chill, to relax, to not feel like we have to be on for family, not feel like we have to be bouncing back and forth between two houses, just to really feel like, okay, this is just the two of us and we get to enjoy this time. Um, normally it was only about one day. I wish it could have been more, but now we live here. So now it's more a lot, but, um, by doing that, those were always our favorite days. I love our families, both of them together. They're wonderful, but we loved those days because it was just like, that was our present day. That was our day to just be so present in the moment, slow down, be together, really just like enjoy our time, just the two of us and, you know, being young and engaged and all that good stuff. Now we don't live in Chicago anymore. That's not on the table. We actually live, you know, in Colorado now, um, very happily, but we had actually, um, we hadn't really had this conversation this year. And by the time I'm recording this, it's right now December 7th. And my family, both of our families are already starting to be like, okay, well, how are we going to plan this? How are we going to plan this? And my family especially can be very um, hypervigilant with its uh, planning to the point where it can feel very urgent. It can feel very like, we need you now. And it's like, oh my God, I'm working. Everything in my heart and soul is working against this right now. So like, let's figure this out. So um, last night we were actually on our way back from visiting with my family for a birthday. And um, we sat down together and what well, we were in the car, we were sitting down and we were just talking. We're like, we should probably figure out our time during this year. Um, I know what days I'm taking off because I'm very fortunate to own my own business. I've been planning this for about a month of knowing what days I'm taking off so that I can pre-prepare. I can make sure that I'm not sprinting to the finish line, all that good stuff. And that's, that's something I just, I've trialed and aired the past few years. But um, for him, he works at a startup. So it's a little bit different. Um, it's a lot more, <laughs> like we don't know. And um, it's just, it's, it's fun. He loves it though. Um, and so we, we had to sit down 
we were, again, we were in the car. We were already sitting. We were not standing driving. Um, we were in the car and we, you know, wanted to open up this conversation. And so we started thinking about like, okay, what are minimum two days during this break that we can have just the two of us that are just for resting, that are just for being present, just us. Like we are both kind of more introverted extroverts. We love being with other people. We enjoy being with other people. We're able to turn on really quickly with other people. Um, that sounded weird, but I hope you know what I meant. Um, but the way we fully recharge is by being, you know, more of the introvert style and, you know, having known each other for 10 years, it's very easy for us to recharge both of us together sitting on the couch. And, um, I I won't get fully into this, but sitting on the couch, watching formula one, (laughs) like, you know, just, that's my new obsession recently. Who have I become? Um, we'll get into that later. I promise. But just side note, if you haven't watched drive to survive on Netflix, do it. It's so good. If you want a like, not even silly, it's not silly, but like, if you want a, um, cool documentary series to watch during your vacation, God, I cannot recommend that one enough. It is phenomenal. And then let me know. Cause we need to talk about some teams anyway. So we wanted to sit down, have a conversation. How are we going to plan this out? How are we going to make sure we have time to recharge and make sure that is prioritized rather than, you know, push to the back burner, push to the back burner, which is really easy to do if you do not have pre-planned days. Now we are both very fortunate. Like I said, we have two sets of parents who are both still together, who are, you know, less than an hour apart. We also don't have kids. Like, you know, we're able to have this time. So I realized that, you know, this might look different for a bunch of families. Maybe you're flying across the country to go visit with one set of parents, or maybe you're, you know, staying home this year um, with the kids. Like I, I know that our situation is very unique. So please take this with a grain of salt and make it specific to your situation. But um, I think it's very important, no matter where you are in no matter where you are in life to prioritize your own rest days, especially if you have a set day, set chunk of days off, make sure you have time set aside because that time becomes your plan and you will not schedule things over that time on purpose. Number two, a lot of times our to-do list seems more stressful than it is. And, you know, I'm speaking to a bunch of perfectionists. So before you guys throw your planners at me of rage, one of the biggest reasons we stress out on our rest days, on our days that or not even days on our rest hours, our rest five minutes is because we say, oh, okay, that's an open chunk of time. Let me shove a bunch of productive tasks into that spare time. And then it's not rest. It is let me sprint and try to do a bunch of things. But yesterday, in fact, I was actually on a call with one of my clients and, uh, she was, we, she was letting me know like, Hey, I woke up this morning and just felt so stressed out. Like, I feel like there's so many things I need to do. I'm really freaking out. I feel like I have to do them all. I have to do them all right now. And like, none of them are going to get done. And you know, we've all been there. Right. And, um, I asked her two questions. I asked her, what did you do first thing in the morning? She said, I checked social media. And I said, and then after that, she said, I checked my email. And I said, how much do you think of the stress as being caused by those two things being the first thing you filled your brain with this morning? And she said, you know, about 90% of it, right? Um, 
But then we also went through her to-do list. So I gave her, you know, two to five minutes. I can't remember, but, um, and I just had her write down everything she needs to do because also this was mostly up in her head. It was not written on paper. And I'm not saying write your to-do list on paper and your whole life is cured. In fact, sometimes it's the opposite, but, um, I had her write it all out. Every single thing that was filling her brain that she felt like she needed to do. Right. And then I had her go through and rate everything on a scale of one to five. One being, you know what, this really doesn't need to happen right now. And five being like, no, like this needs to happen today. And so we rated everything on a one to five and some things were, you know, a one or a two, and then some things were a 30, like things that were really, really important. Right. And then the third part of it is your best guess. How much time do you think each of these are going to take? And my favorite part, and she, I could like literally see her shoulders drop as she did this. She was like, oh, 99% of these are less than two minutes. So when we are thinking about our to-do list, and this is any time of year, not just during the holidays, when we're thinking about our to-do list, everything has equal weight, whether it's a three-hour task or a two minute task when it's in our head. And the reason this can be really stressful is because we have a bajillion two minute tasks we could do at any given moment. And if we have even just like five of those, our brain can go into overwhelm. Our brain tends to go one, two, three, many. Um, so if it's less than three, we're doing pretty good. If it's more than three, our brain can kick it into overwhelm, which then kicks into survival mode. Our brain then says, I'm in danger. What can I do? We stress out. We start to raise our pulse, you know, all that good stuff. So not good stuff at all. This is why I'm talking about this. Cause it's like one of those things I see over and over again. So one of the things I love doing is first and foremost, I like always having a written to-do list, but I make sure that it's not just like a running to-do list because like I make sure that it's a running to-do. And this is not just during the holiday season. This is all year round. Whenever I have a a more bulky to-do list, I will do this exercise. What's important? What's going to take, you know, what's the times? Then I will plug everything into my calendar. The most important things I will put in my calendar early on. The most highly important ones, like her 30 task was the thing she did right after the call because that, and by the way, she totally crushed it and just got like so much great feedback from it and kicked ass, like amazing stuff, like wonderful, wonderful things. I'm so proud of her. Um, But that 30 task she did right after the call, even though it felt overwhelming, even though she wasn't sure what to do, we chunked it down. We did all that good stuff. And, um, The reason I had her do, and I do this with everyone, the 30 task, and this is also 30 out of five, by the way, which I love, um, the 30 task first is because that one's going to have a lot more of that mental stress and pressure. Like, you know, if you're going through the day, if we keep putting things off that are really important, our brain is like, okay, but what about that thing? And you're like, oh God, but what about the other thing? And it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And then it can get really heavy and stressful. So um, I always recommend do the most important task first. And then I'll say, okay, set a timer for 30 minutes and just knock out as many of those two minute tasks as possible. 
Why I like doing this is first and foremost, putting on a 30 minute timer. You don't have to check your phone. You don't need, you know exactly when you're stopping, when you're ending. Boom. It's, it causes a lot less decision fatigue for your brain. The second reason I like it is because it gives you permission to go into flow state. When we're in flow state, especially with these quick little tasks, we just knock them out really, really quickly because we're so zeroed in and focused. Our attention's not split because we're trying to do, you know, two things at once. We're watching social media and we're doing this stuff. You know, we're in a meeting and we're also doing things like a lot of people are like, I multitask and they have like a huge point of pride around it. Your brain does not multitask. You stress yourself out. (laughs) That's literally what it is. Um, so why I'm bringing this up specifically during the holiday season is our to-do list can feel really stressful during the holiday season. Um, I was chatting with my parents last night and I was getting stressed for them, (laughs) like hearing the to-do list. And the crazy thing is, is I would hear all these things and I was like, I'm hearing the same thing over and over and over again, just said differently but it's, it's a different item on the to-do list. And, you know, I don't want to become the child coach or anything like that. So I kept my mouth shut, but, um, it is, it is very poignant that when we're going through the holiday season, it can feel like our to-do list gets really, really, really long, but in actuality, it's either not that long. It's just multiple things said differently. And our brain categorizes them as two different things. And B, some of them are quick and dirty. You can get them out of the way really easily. And some of them are not that fucking important. Some of them you don't need to do. Like if it stresses you out more to have homemade pumpkin pie on Christmas Eve, if it stresses you out more to do that than it would be to just go and buy a pie or have one door dashed to you, then why not make it easier on yourself? This is your mental health and your enjoyment of life we're talking about. I think that's more important than trying to stress out and put a bunch of things in your schedule. So what I always do is the first day of the, um, of my break, I tend to get a bunch of my little tasks done. Those tasks that tend to pile up that tend to feel a little bit more stressful. If I have them, I tend to boom, 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 boom. Just get them all done out of the way. Because A, first of all, they're done. I don't have to think about them anymore. And secondly, I have the freedom then to be present. Because when we are thinking about our to-do list, we are not present. We're in that future focused thinking, right? And my mind is no longer feeling like it needs to be split. It gets to be fully present. So um this is this is a big exercise and I really recommend people doing this. And by the way, don't do this in your head. Please, please do not do this exercise in your head. Get out a piece of paper, get out your notes on your phone and write it down. Do yourself a favor. Your brain does not do well within your head to-do lists, please. So just to recap this, because this is kind of a big one, write out your to-do lists that you're wanting to get done during the holiday season, or it can even be leading up to the holiday season because this can be a big one too. Write it all out. Every single thing you can think of. Write it on a scale of one to five of importance. One is not very important. You don't need to do it or it can be done later. Five is, yeah, this needs to be done right now. And then rate it in minutes. And you don't have to say, this is going to take 28 minutes. I'm saying like, this is around a two minute. This is around a 15 minute, 30 minute, an hour plus. And that's how I rate them just to keep it easy. And by the way, you might say this is a 30 minute task and it takes two hours. 
it just took two hours. That does not mean anything about your abilities on how to tell time or not. It just took two hours. It just was a little bit more complicated than you thought. You're a human. Let it be, let yourself be a human. Then plug them in, plug them into your schedule. Know when you're going to do them because when you do that, it takes away the, okay, but you need to do this. But you need, Nicole, remember you have this thing you need to do. Remember your to do list. When we're going throughout our day and we don't have something scheduled in, our brain is like, hey, remember this thing. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget this thing. And it actually causes us a lot more stress. And again, that split mind than we want. So by plugging it in and saying, okay, Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m., I'm going to do this thing. My brain's like, okay, cool. I don't have to think about it until then. And it's amazing. It's wonderful. And last but not least, please, 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 please do this on a piece of paper or on your notes on your phone, preferably a piece of paper, just because then you can cross it out. You can move stuff around, all that good stuff. If you've been listening to the show, or if you're just a living, breathing person in the 21st century, odds are that you're a perfectionist. But did you know that there are three different types of perfectionism? After working with perfectionists for the past two years and being one myself for... Uh, longer than that, I would have to be an ostrich with my head stuck deep in the sand to not realize that there are different styles of perfectionism, each one with their own self-sabotaging patterns. To find out which perfectionist type you are, plus learn helpful next steps that will get you out of those patterns of self-destruction, take the free quiz by following the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Now on to the episode. Number three, watch what you're consuming during the holiday season. So one of the most powerful questions I ask my clients, I I think this is full stop. One of the most powerful questions I ask, especially my overachieving clients is why do you feel guilty when you rest? And normally they'll reply with something along the lines of, because I feel like I'm falling behind because it feels like everyone else is doing something and I'm not. So during the holiday season, you know, we take more time off. Our brain isn't constantly doing things as much. Maybe, maybe you are, but when we have that downtime, we're programmed to reach for something to fill that downtime with, like scrolling through social media. But when we go on social media And we see a lot of people doing a lot of different things, especially if, oh my God, if you're a business owner and on the business owner side of social media, I was a dunce and I did this last year. I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling one day and um, I saw like, it felt like 50 different business owners releasing new products or talking about a launch or talking about an income month. And I shat on myself so hard. I was like, you're worthless. You're taking time off. These people are hustling. They're going to make it before you do. I mean, like I went down a rabbit hole, let me tell you. And it was exhausting. And guess what? I didn't do anything because I said, I'm taking time off. I'm sticking to that. But then I just spent that time off beating myself up for not doing anything. Little, you know, infinity circle there. Um, But I don't think it's just for business owners. In fact, I was talking to my sister last night. And she was saying she finally had to like get off the mom side of Instagram. She has two kids under two. And she was like, I finally had to get it off, get off of it because one of the cool things about 
I'm I'm going to talk about the mom side of Instagram, not as a mom, but from seeing it from her point of view. A few years ago, it was all about here's this perfect tree, here's my perfect family, and our matching onesies on Christmas morning or whatever, and it was exhausting because that's never how it looked in real life, obviously. And now it's very much like, let's pull back the curtain. Let's be vulnerable. Let's talk all about the hardships around motherhood. And while we both agree that this is wonderful, like this is starting to be talked about more and like people can feel less alone. But she was saying when it was all she was consuming, it was like, hey, think about this. Hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? And it was like, all her mind was doing was focusing on the negative sides. She's like, I don't want that. That's not what I want at all. And it, we become what we consume. I say this all the time on the podcast and I'm really tempted to tattoo it somewhere, to be honest. We become what we consume. And I don't mean like, cheese, yum. I mean, like we consume between our ears, between our energy, between our eyeballs, like you become who you surround yourself with, whether that's virtually or in person. And when we see a highlight reel of like, you know, all these people doing amazing things or this reel of everyone feeling shit and feeling like they're talking about all the hardships. And this is how you should be feeling too. Cause that's how our brain works. Our brain is also saying, well, that's how everyone is not just everyone on social media, everyone period. That is the world. Our brain is very black and white. It is very easily, um, Uh, manipulated. I'll say that because like, it is very easily manipulated by saying, here's five people making a course. Everyone's making a course. You should be making a course because you're falling behind. Oh, I got chills saying that because honestly, it's so real. Like I see this all the time. And to be honest, I need to still catch myself on this sometimes because it's just so ingrained in our society to be on social media all the time. So one of the things I love to do around the holidays, and honestly, I've started doing this a lot more this year, especially as I've um, really kicked into high gear my research around productivity and what does healthy productivity and rest look like within highly successful people, because it's very different, I feel like. Um, I love listening to books about high achievers and really successful people in the areas of like, you know, health success or wealth success or fulfillment success, whatever, fill in your blank here. But I love hearing them talk about the extreme importance of resting and slowing down. And because again, we become what we consume. These are some of the highest achievers in life, the most fulfilled people, the most successful people, the people who, to be honest, I really aspire to live up to, but they are talking about the importance of rest. And that's not, it's a lot harder to find than I thought it would be, to be honest, but this is not by accident. Like, I don't think it's by accident that these people are incredibly fulfilled and happy and they prioritize resting in their life. And I like to watch that and listen to that because it shapes how my brain can view what my resting time is. There's this whole thing in our brain, especially as high achievers, that says, well, if I'm resting, that means I'm not achieving. And if I'm not achieving, I'm going to fall behind. I'm going to be worthless. I'm never going to amount to anything. The amount of times that I've taken time off and have said like, like, I mean, literally like two days into my time off, I'm like, I, I've never achieved anything. I'm never going to achieve anything. I'm not working on anything, yada, yada, yada. And this is like a few years ago. And I've really had to catch myself on this because it was so 
destructive. It was so destructive. It it was horrible. I will never fall back into that again. And like, to be honest, like, you know, sometimes I do by accident, but I immediately catch it because it is like, I, I need to not do this because it just hurts. It hurts too much. If I'm being totally honest, it just, it hurts and it sucks. So, um, if you want some book recommendations on this, um, I know I talk about some in the book recommendations podcast episode, um, if you want more info on that, I also in that episode have my book recommendations PDF, which has every book I recommend to people and like a little blurb about why I recommend it. So you can kind of pick the one that you most need at the moment. Um, but if I had to choose one right off the top of my head, it would be tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. I listen. it's 26 hours, the audiobook. It is a beast of a book. I love it. It's my favorite book of all time right now. And I just, I, I just listen to it on repeat because it's just, I, I, no matter how many times I listen to it, I get something new out of it each and every single time that I feel like I needed. Um, so that's a big one. So number three is basically get off your phone, be careful what you're consuming and, and, and know that what you are consuming will impact yourself, not just on your phone in your life. Be careful. Number four, and last but not least, is watching the rest guilt. Um, I'm not going to say drop the rest guilt, because to be honest, again, I'm talking to perfectionists, you would easier rip your arm off. (laughs) But like, so instead, I'm going to say, watch the rest guilt. Get curious about the rest guilt. You heard earlier, one of my favorite questions to ask my high achieving clients is, why do you feel guilty when you're resting? And I think that we don't ask this question enough. Instead, we just go straight down. Well, like, why aren't you doing anything? You are going to fall behind. There are people who are going to be so much further ahead than you. You're going to fall into mediocreness and you're never going to amount to anything. Our brains are so kind to us, right? Um, But instead, like, ask, there's a huge thing about like, you know, the quality of our life is determined by the quality of questions we ask ourselves. And that's, I'm not the first person to say that. I believe Tony Robbins is actually the coiner of that phrase. But, um, you know, like as part of getting curious about resting, as part of healing your relationship with the rest guilt, you have to know where it's coming from. You cannot just like put this little blanket bandaid over it and say, well, I'm not going to feel guilty about this anymore because that doesn't work. It doesn't work long-term. It might work once or twice in the moment, but third time, it's just going to be like, you're not able to get out of it. You have to get down to the root of it. So I love asking questions like, why am I feeling guilty right now? What is my mind saying that I need to be doing or thinking about instead? And sometimes it's because like, well, if I, if I'm laying down, you know, and my, and my partner or my roommate or my family or whatever are up working, they're going to think I'm lazy and stuff like that. It's like, if that, if that feels like, if that's right up your alley and you're like, Ooh, that's the reason I'm feeling guilty. Talk to them. Hey, I hope you're doing good. I really appreciate you doing this. I just want to let you know, I'm feeling really guilty right now for laying down or for sleeping or for watching the Christmas parade or for watching, you know, a Hanukkah movie. I'm feeling really guilty for this. And just talk to them about it. I will say some of the most beneficial conversations Brett and I have ever had is when, you know, maybe if like um, he's needing to work on something in the morning and I'm 
like maybe it's like a weekend morning or something and I'm playing a video game. Like, let's say that's it. And I like sometimes just need to put it down and be like, you know what? I'm feeling really guilty. I'm feeling like I should be doing something too, to like help the team or to help our family, you know, like, and we just kind of talk about it for a second and just say, okay, like that's, this is how you're feeling. Let's talk about it. Like just because I'm doing something doesn't mean you need to be doing something. And then like, it's really like, ah, okay, good. And keep going. But what this, what these questions do again, like the question of like, why am I feeling guilty right now? What is my mind saying I need to be doing or thinking about instead? It's challenging these thoughts around being guilty. It's challenging your thoughts around why do I need to feel guilty right now? And that's when you start to see that real change happen. And sometimes, you know, again, like we talked about earlier with the to-do list, if we just ask this question in our head, our brain is going to be like, no, you don't, don't open that Pandora's box. Nope. Don't you? Nope. 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 Okay. We're, I'm going to think about something else instead to distract you. So you don't have to think about this. This is best done as a journaling exercise, if I'm being honest, and it's worth it. It's so worth it. So worth the time. Um, some other questions I enjoy asking myself and I'll just kind of blow through these, but feel free to go back and listen to them again. If one strikes a chord with you, um, why do I feel like I need to work on something right now? Why do I feel like I need to work on something right now? That is worded very specifically. Are they really mad at me or am I just following a story in my head? Hmm. Interesting. What if I talked to them and said, this is how I'm feeling again. I mentioned that a second ago. What if I allowed myself to enjoy this moment? What if I allowed myself to enjoy this moment? This is one of those, um, beneficial what if questions that we so rarely ask ourselves. And that's number four. So I hope that this was helpful going into this week. Um, I, I know that this time of year can be a little strange, a little weird. We can go into this with this very romanticized view of it and walk out of it and maybe not feeling that way. And my goal of this episode is to make it so that you can walk out of it feeling like, wow, yeah, I am really rested. Wow. Yeah. I feel really good. So I hope this was helpful. If it was, let me know, share this with a friend, share this on social media, please, 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 please help me get this word out there. Tag me at life coach Baker. I want to give you a big virtual hug. If you share it on social media. And also if you have not already, please take two seconds. It takes two seconds to rate the podcast on whatever platform you are using, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, they now have ratings. Woohoo! Or if you're watching this on YouTube, drop a little love note in the comment section. That would be amazing. Um, but I just, I am so grateful for you all. We could not have become one of the top 15% podcasts on Spotify. Holy shit. Um, without you all. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep it up. Help me, help me get this word out there because I am one person. I am one person, including my podcast producer. We are two people and it is so much easier to um, have this be that community, that community strength that you all are so talented at. Last but not least, let's do some quick segments, shall we? Uh, number one, how was I imperfect this week? I'm going back to the imperfect side of this question because I think it just makes more sense uh, when we're asking it and talking about it. So how was I imperfect this week? Yesterday, I had a big old anxiety morning because I was just so focused on like, oh my God, there's so much I need to do. Oh my God, there's so much I need to do. I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. And to be honest, I got it all done, but I stressed myself out to get it all done. 
I, I floored it on the gas. I did not need to do that. It was not from a place of joy and fun, which I'm so thankful to say that this is not my norm anymore. This used to be my norm every single week. Um, but not anymore because I've just done so much work around healthy productivity, but you know, it crept up yesterday morning and that's okay. And I want to highlight this because it's like, Hey, this happens. I'm not a unicorn. This stuff still happens to me. And the crazy thing is, is that I knew it was happening when I was in it. And I was like, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? And that was why I stayed in it. I was trying to force myself out of it rather than sitting down and asking myself, why am I feeling anxious right now? Why do I feel like this all needs to get done today? Um, and instead of getting curious and like asking and like, it's almost like a toddler in a grocery store. Like my, my anxiety was thrown off. It was so loud. It was screaming at the top of its lungs. And I was just like dragging it by its arms, trying to get it out of the grocery store. And of course it was screaming louder as a result. Um, so instead I could have just been like, Hey, like, you know, take a moment. Why am I feeling anxious right now? And gotten curious about it. And I really think that would have turned my day around. Oops, we live and we learn. Um, last but not least, goal to celebrate. I am doing a in-person speaking event for the first time speaking in person since college. And I realized that recently. I was like, wow, I've done so many, so many virtual speaking events. I've done like buku amounts. I'm so excited. We have more coming in January. I freaking cannot believe what's happening in January. I'm so excited. Um but uh doing my first in-person one since speaking oh my god speaking at my sorority <laughs> speaking at my sorority um uh, oh my gosh what were they called not philanthropy nights um rush nights yeah it was rush nights I, there was like we did like a philanthropy themed night for rush and before, because I, I, I do think this is important to know, no, no shade against sororities. Like, to be honest, I've heard amazing stories. I've heard not so great stories. It is to each your own. My school was very, very tiny. Um, it was like 3,000 grad and undergrad and PhD, I think. Um, and so tiny college. And one of the big things that everyone did to, you know, stay up to date, to stay involved was being a sorority or fraternity. And so um, it was very normal for people to rush, to enjoy it. I was in a sorority that was so chill, so amazing. I wish, I wish so desperately I could go back and do it again as this version of me, because I would have had a very different experience um, and a much more enjoyable experience before I cry. That's a whole different podcast. Um, but I, uh, speaking for Rush the second night was all about philanthropy and the philanthropy that we had was domestic violence awareness. And this was the first time I opened up about being a domestic violence survivor, having that experience with a previous partner. And I, I opened up to my sorority about it and was just kind of talking with, you know, two or three people it was very, very small. And one of them asked me like, would you feel comfortable sharing your story? And I was like, no, <laughs> like absolutely not. Um, but after some reflection, I was like, okay, wait, like, what if this was actually helpful to people, me sharing the story? What if this was actually helpful? And the amazing, unbelievably amazing part of it was, is that I never, I never expected the, the 
ripple effect it would have had. Um, I was stammering. I was scared. I was shaking. Um, I skipped over parts. It was horrible. Like one of my worst, worst speaking ever I've ever done. It was also like the first speaking I've ever done, which is so ironic, but, um, I sat down right after and I had just like girls come up to me left and right and say like, this is my story. Thank you so much for sharing. I feel like I can actually open up to you and talk to you about my story. And I heard, I heard experiences from women that will stick with me forever. And it's because of that experience. And speaking in person has just always had this totally different effect. Um, speaking online is amazing. And I'm really grateful that, you know, we have this space online to do masterclasses and to do, you know, summits and stuff like that. And I'm so grateful to have done that the past few years, but I'm really excited to get more into the, um, in-person speaking market and just be able to share this experience about perfectionism, um, with more people and to talk about it. And, um, again, just the ripple effect. I just, I've seen it be so hugely impactful. And that was with a shit speech, <laughs> like a shit speech. Um, and I think it was so shit because I was just so scared to be vulnerable. I was just so scared. Um, and I think like on the vulnerable meter, I was at like a 2% and it still had that impact. And, you know, maybe someday I'll do a more in-depth, in-depth vulnerability talk on my experience with that partner. I don't know if I'm ready for that. It's, it's, it was an experience I would never wish upon my worst enemy. There are still moments when, like, you know, when I'm even with Brett, who's the kindest person, you'll actually, we're going to be doing a podcast episode together pretty soon. Um, And you'll hear, he's just the sweetest human ever, ever in the world. And there are still even some moments where he'll say like one thing and it's so not even a big deal. And I'm just like, like, whoa. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think it's a lifelong journey with this. There's a lot of inner work that I've done that I still want to do, still need to do. And, um, I don't know where we got here, but wow, here we go. (laughs) So, um, that's a goal to celebrate. I'm really excited to do this in-person speaking event and and have a have a new in-person speaking memory. I don't know if it's going to be the same effect, probably not. It's not as a vulnerable it's not as um bearing my soul, I'll say it that way. Um it is about perfectionism. I'm very excited, uh but it's it's just a different experience. So there's that. But my sweet beautiful friends, I hope you have an amazing week of December. If you're listening to this in real time, I hope you have a wonderful week before the holiday season. If you're taking off, if you're not listening to this in December, I hope you have a wonderful week regardless, but, um, take this all to heart. You are all doing so much better than you're giving yourself credit for. And I just enjoy the seeking crap out of you all. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to go take the free quiz and find out what perfectionist type you are by visiting the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Also take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.